Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. Um, today, I am very excited to be joined by um, a really good friend and an amazing inspiration of mine, the amazing Louise Galvin. Um, Louise has played all sorts of sports um, at the highest level in pretty much every everything she's turned her hand to and I'm so excited to have her here chatting to us today and talking about her experiences so um without further ado um I would love to ask you Louise to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself so I don't butcher any introductions hi Claire um thanks for having me on um I just to say I have my little six and a half month old Florian on my lap as well who may be contributing at times uh, during this podcast so apologies in advance for any gurgling or crying maybe um hopefully not though um my name is Louise Galvin I'm from North Kerry um I am a physiotherapist as a, a kind of ba- in my background um and I would have played uh basketball football and rugby I suppose growing up um at the moment since I've had flowering I've just come back to football um but I would have played I suppose, basketball up to international underage level um up until my mid-20s I guess and then I was play, playing mostly rugby sevens and some rugby 15s um with Ireland as well uh from about 2016 to COVID to COVID in 2020 and I played Kerry um I think 2010 2016 and then in the last two seasons as well um I've been delighted to get back since I was moved back to yeah. home that's kind of me Amazing, amazing. So there's been a lot of change for you, obviously, over the last maybe six months to a year and a half. And I guess um, that's something I'd love to delve into you a little bit, um, a little bit more as well today, Louise, is just, I guess, the challenges of going from playing sport at an incredibly high level to having a baby to then, like, I know you were on the Kerry squad this year for the All-Ireland and obviously like got back to really high levels of fitness after having your first child um so I suppose I'd love to just delve a little bit more into that how has that been for you over the last we'll say six months you said Florian is six and a six and a half months half months yeah um oh I suppose uh it's kind of hard to jump straight into there so I go back to even just getting pregnant turning pregnant getting pregnant was probably the end of the previous season and I would have been in the first trimester so when we had um, games to play. So now I obviously got clearance from the GP and everything and was able to um, continue playing out until 12 weeks, um, which was uh, great. But even that's kind of uh, all of a sudden, you know, when you're playing into county football, like your priority is just playing. And all of a sudden you're thinking, hang on, I need to check out this tiny bunch of cells that's growing inside me, but, you know. What I, what I need to be able to do to protect them as well. Um, but it's great to get the medical clearance and obviously I'd, anyone who was in that position, I would push them to obviously get that um, based on their own kind of risk factors and that. Um, then kind of as pregnancy progressed, <laughs> it's kind of funny, your identity is already changing and how people see you because a lot of people, I guess, see me as an athlete because I've played different sports. Um, but all of a sudden now you're becoming a mom, which is fantastic. And it's like... It's incredible the changes in your body, but um, at the same, I think they're fake costs. Um, at the same time, 
you're you're kind of missing your old self and you're wondering will you ever get back to it and you're trying also not to feel guilty because you're delighted that you're um bringing new life and that into the world so it's, it's a kind of a constant you know some days you're like oh i'd love i can remember one time my husband was in bed need a tough match his hamstring started cramping and i was like oh my god i miss that as i'm there with this massive bump and literally i had taken up swimming to try and learn how to swim which i still really can't and i'm a golden retriever so I was walking the roads twice a day just to keep going with her because um, I probably stopped running around 16 weeks or so. Um, luckily enough, I had a fairly uneventful pregnancy, didn't have any major pain or anything. Again, I thank the dog a lot for that because all through the winter months, I was just out walking the roads because um, you get very used to exercise being a part of your life. And even for my mental health, I found it very hard to rest or do nothing. Um, so I probably was getting up massive steps, but thankfully that was, probably helping me as well in terms of um mentally and and just physically because I have a good appetite too to try to balance out <laughs> all of that um and then uh Florian came he was end of March baby um two days over but all was all was fine I ended up having an emergency section so that obviously I remember thinking I might get back to carry this year um since June March but then as I say with nine days over and having a section and it wasn't ever the forefront of my mind. It was more in the back of my mind. I might get back. First of all, I'd like to have this baby and make sure they're okay and look after them and see how I am. But um, I kind of had actually written it out because I thought there's too much, you know, there's too much going against me here, um, written it out of the, the plans. And then obviously the, the season and intercounty was um, going to be finishing up the end of July. Um, but I actually found my recovery okay. And she was really chill past the baby. Um I was breastfeeding him, which I still am, and that just went really well, and I found it really convenient, and he was thriving, and we had no issues that way, and, like, I actually nearly enjoyed that postpartum period, but they kind of call it the fourth trimester now, because I feel when you're pregnant and you're an athlete, you're just kind of getting knee conditions, getting bigger, less able to do things, whereas at least, even though you have a baby to mind and you're recovering, you're getting better the whole time after you've had the baby, so mentally, I found that kind of a nice thing as well, even though... I felt so weak, my core and pelvic floor and everything like that. Um, but I got the help of, I went to a private physio in Killarney, a women's health physio who was absolutely brilliant. And because I was afraid to kind of do too much too soon, because that would probably be more in line with my personality. Um, and she kind of guided me about where I was at. And, and just to even take things individually, because to be honest, Claire, there's such a dearth of information out there for people after they've had a baby like everyone is given the same information whether you're no matter your age your previous fitness level um what kind of delivery it's like wait till six weeks and then start gentle walking i remember asking the public health nurse when she came out when could i go back to contact sports and she looked at me like i had 10 heads and no one had ever asked her that before and sure i know why i don't know why i was even asking her i knew she couldn't tell me but i was looking for some direction so um i kind of ended up doing a lot of searching myself and using a lot of my own background and um just it was to just generally get back playing because I wanted to get back to the club for absolutely definite and um, so I used the physio and clarity started following the program things were going well so of course I ranted up way too much and ended up with um I kind of inflamed up I uh, inflamed kind of Achilles tendon which was my own fault because there's nothing to do with actually my core and things that you know my kidneys hadn't run in months and when you're breastfeeding as well, your hormones are still, 
you're still a bit more susceptible to injury. I don't know the exact pathophysiology of all these things, but um, then the Kerry girls were going really well, and I, I had always been in touch with the management and with the girls as well, wishing them luck when, when they won the league. And it was kind of nearly a bit of a joke of like, oh, she was here training on Tuesday <laughs> after they had um, after the Galway game, and I was like, are you messing to one of the managers? And he was like, well why would you come in and literally that's how it started and then wow. talking to my husband and he, um oh as soon as basically I turned around and said yes now there was a lot more calls and discussions in between that and checking was it okay with the players and since I said yes I was like what am I doing I felt I put myself to huge pressure like I'd only had a few club trainings because again even my kiddies I had stopped training for about a, a week or 10 days to let that settle um but it was kind of at now or never because they were heading for the quarterfinals. And look, I got back for six weeks. It was brilliant. Personally, I felt I got a lot of my identity back because I felt like I was an athlete again. I was nowhere near my own pace of being an athlete in terms of I was still very much recovering. I wouldn't recommend it the way to do getting back, to be honest, because it was <laughs> high pressure, high intensity. I thought like the, the sessions were so tough. Um because of where the baseline is coming from but uh, like getting in with the team they were on a crest of a wave I uh, love the girls love the management um I was able to express the bottles to stay breastfeeding and um my husband you know I'm grateful for my husband and my mom and mother-in-law they were doing a lot of like coming in minding them while I was going training and even just getting those three hours it just helped me to kind of get back to myself um unfortunately I never stepped on the field but I'm not sure it would have been much good anyway um when the quarter semi or final and the girls are flying it um but yeah it was just class to be back and I think you know it was nice to show that you you can get back but um I think even in the last few months getting back into the club season I'm probably performing a bit better than I did in those those first six weeks so um Wow. That's kind of a, probably a 10 minute conversation there. To... Well, there is a lot there that I would love to ask you a small bit more. Like one of those first things you said, Louise, like really stands out to me in like, okay, initially going from being like a really high performing athlete across a lot of different sports and that being your identity, like for a lot of years to then, I guess, um, getting pregnant and having that big identity shift I I think first of all that point you made of like anyone who does become pregnant like with your GP and getting the all clear if you did want to continue sports for 12 weeks because I do think a lot of people might not be aware that that's even a possibility for them for them when it comes to contact sports yeah with contact I was just going to say I think if it's non-contact you can go for a lot longer again depending on specifics but um yeah contact sports because of the um embryo was so embedded in your pelvis you know I remember my GP saying to me listen baby survived the holocaust um I think <laughs> you're now it's not the time to take up contact sports maybe but yeah. I had been in, coming to the end of the season that I was, I was at a pretty fit level she was like yeah keep going yeah I think that's yeah a very good distinct distinction like between contact and non-contact but how did you manage that identity from being an athlete to then having to take that step back after the 12 weeks? Um, with difficulty, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, I think as well, like my husband plays a lot of, he plays a lot of football um, and he was still going out the door normally going training. And I was like, how come on? Like, you know, this is really tough. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's just how you feel like so unathletic or inathletic, whatever the phrase is. You can't run. You're not. I can't even run after the dog anymore or throw the ball. Like she's bored of me. Um, and as well, I guess, look, I'm in my mid 30s. There was also this assumption from people that I had finished. Now, not everyone, but like a lot of people just retire you. And I'm like, well, I'm not saying I'll definitely be back, but I'm saying I'll wait and see. Like, priority is the baby and everything. And then, of course, God, like, you're so happy to have some seeds and for that to be going well. There was absolutely no issues that as soon as, it, if I did ever start to feel a bit annoyed about it, you bring yourself back to hang on a second here. Things could be a lot worse. Like, so, and it is temporary. And I remember um, a guy I worked with, his wife had had a few babies. And it was him that said to me, like, Louise, your ident- you're going to feel like you've lost your identity, but you will get it back, I promise you. And it was, he's just had his third, well, his wife has had their third since. So I thought that kind of forewarned with forearms. Um, and as I say, I think the pregnancy side is nearly worse from that point of view, because when I was getting, coming back, you feel like you're, you've, you can set goals once you've had the baby. Now, Still not easy. There is a whole other list of barriers then, but at least you're not kind of getting more unfit. There's a chance to go, you know, go back the the other way with it. What um what advice would you give Louise to we'll say someone who very much has their identity as a very fit person who will say either plays sport or does something individually themselves who then has to manage that transition. Um, like, what did you do to get through that? Were you talking to other people who had been through the same thing? Were you kind of talking yourself down if those thoughts would come in? How did you actually, like, get through that kind of tough period initially? Yeah, I think definitely I'd be someone I'm not walking me listen to podcasts, so I might listen to other athletes that have um, that have gone through it, you know, if I found one. Um then reframing I mean I still had to be fit like a lot of people think oh, when you're pregnant you sit in your backside and you you know there's this cultural thing that we need to change because you need to be fit for pregnancy you need to be fit for labor um and I guess as well you're you know I'm thinking of all these potential risks like gestational diabetes or um hypertension and that sort of thing I wanted to avoid so I wasn't going to turn into a slob overnight um I wanted to be make sure I was putting myself in as good a position to deliver and look after a baby and you know just to be as healthy as I can be because what you're feeding yourself you're is essentially going into the baby for you know so that that kind of gave me a new focus I suppose that you want the you know now my health is for the health of the baby as opposed to for a football team or a rugby team or whatever so that was kind of one thing that you know that kind of sense of reframing um and even after that then as well like I suppose when you're feeding it's going back into the baby as well so you're trying to do the same um trying to make sure the fitter you are and the more the healthier you eat the better best chance you're giving your baby as well like um so I guess there's a bit of reframing okay I can't do this I can't do that as I mentioned I tried to take up swimming but oh my god I'm still a terrible swimmer but it, <laughs> You know, I started in that one night a week um, just to give myself something, something new to do. Um, but I, like, yeah, those kind of thought processes, I suppose, and knowing that it is quite temporary. And again, coming back to the perspective of, well, thank God, I like I didn't have any pelvic pain. You know, I literally I was able to walk. Like, I think if I ended up 
with something and I wasn't able to get out and walk the dog probably two hours a day like I was that stood up I, I could have been a lot crankier but um being grateful that I was feeling so well as well definitely did did help okay I love that okay so it's like maybe you're very much used of your training having a purpose and keeping healthy having a purpose you just shifted the purpose of it it was to keep you healthy for pregnancy for labor for your little man as well yeah and to make sure you're fueling the two of you in the right way and yeah fit for the two of you which I think like that it probably takes a little bit of time to make that shift and like like change the the purpose of what you're doing it for within your own head but I think that's a really I think that's really good actionable advice for anyone who's going through that change because it gives you something to focus on um yeah. and I suppose you were saying that keeping doing what you what you could do so walking tr- trying swimming um did you do anything else to keep yourself fit during pregnancy um no it was mostly like when I say walking I still hike a mountain like I remember being six months and going up like Mangerton or something because I felt able for it so um you know I I wasn't just going for a gentle half an hour walk I was just trying to I guess push that a little bit as well um but no that was probably a lot of it because you are a little bit more tired and as I say I was trying to keep the retriever <laughs> um happy so the time I kind of got two long walks in a day that was probably enough for me as well um or like a hike or whatever at the weekend I kind of came back off the weight a little bit because we have you know uh I'm lucky enough he's a bit of a gym out the back but again I, I think coming back to what you were saying there a purpose like I felt I'd been doing I <laughs> sorry about that um, he's just chatting me. I had uh been doing weights for a long time with rugby and that intensely and it built up a lot of muscle memory and I kind of I like the gym but I was like you know I'm just going to take a step back I was still doing some Pilates based stuff and making sure I keep my flexibility in that going um that might be just the 15 minutes a few days a week but I didn't go gung-ho because I thought you know what I, I want to keep that motivation for afterwards and I have a fairly strong core you know I built up an awful lot of strength I felt that um I didn't need to go crazy on it now, basically. And the gym was cold in winter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it was maybe like keeping the focus on the things that you enjoyed as well. A little bit, yeah. Even though I do enjoy the gym, but I think I enjoy the way I would have been doing wouldn't have been enjoyable. It would have been like, oh, great. Now I have yeah. these crappy little weights. So <laughs> I think it just would have been a bit, not embarrassing, but yeah, I just didn't feel the motivation to do it. So I left it off. Yeah. And then... I enjoy coming back to it postnatally. Yeah, I guess I think it's important as well. Like probably from your background as a physio and all the training that you've done, like you knew that okay, like not strength training as much over the next while. Like I'm still going to maintain a lot of muscle, like as long as I'm eating in the right way and I am doing like you know I'm keeping things going. It's not that I'm going to be on bed rest now for the next few months. I think that's that's a good thing for people to know as well that like you're not suddenly overnight going to lose all your muscle and lose all your strength like a bit of it will like a bit of your strength will go but it, it comes back a lot quicker yeah. than yeah do you know Claire it really does and I'm uh, you know I'm growing up you're you're probably similar like you probably played with the boys a bit as well underage and you get to an age and like oh we we're, we might play sports and boys can jump 
our men can jump higher and kick the ball further and run faster and all these things. And you, you're, you know, constantly making these comparisons that men's sports are the women's. And now having come back and played, like even I'm, I'm looking, you know, our club got to the senior points final last weekend and we stuck in the last act of the time and freeze to death. I'm not torturing my baby. Head. This is him finding his wife. Claire can see him on screen. He's happy. He's just creeping. Um, but I was like, I'm six months after having a baby. Like, men can't do this. Like, I couldn't believe that when I started to start strengthening and how much my tummy, my abdominals were stretched and having kind of a bit of a diastasis recti and all those things, to how much it came back um, with just a bit of strength training. And I was like, you know Women are fantastic. Like, mom and baby to do this. So <laughs> it kind of gave me a new perspective that we kind of wow. are super, super people. Wow. <laughs> we have superpowers compared to men. Wow. So tell me about that. So had Florian in March, what was it like then, we'll say, for um for that fourth trimester? What was the transition from, we'll say, being pregnant to having a baby like for you? Um. Oh, I guess like, you know, you, they talk about all the hormones postnatally. And for me, thankfully, it was mostly very positive. Um, oh, he was just great. Like you you just kind of can't believe it and you don't understand it till they're in your arms. Um, so I think just even bring them home and just trying to get set up your new routine. Like you go in a couple and come out of family, as they say, especially with your first um even though the, the dog was the first born for a long time um so like initially yeah I can't it's even hard to look back like you're just trying to figure out what your new routine is trying to keep them alive feed them change them that sort of thing but I know some people really like to maybe shut the door and stay indoors for a while I guess I'm a social person so and it was coming up into April and we live by the sea I just love starting to get back out and um yeah getting back into normality again and well whatever the new normality was so um yeah it, it was still then difficult because again the season starting up I wasn't able to train or play with the club or anything yet and again the husband's at the door going training and playing and you're like okay this is great I'm delighted with our little baby but I need to get back into this um this space as well and it did happen gradually and it takes a bit of foreplanning and you know, I wanted to stay feeding for as long as possible, um, which I still am, and I really enjoy that. And I found it really worked for us and for our family. Um, but then I always knew I wanted to be able to go training. So even getting him to take a bottle early so that I could express milk was that was like a key goal in the kind of around that month mark. Um, and we did that thankfully because that would have made things a lot a lot more difficult. Um, yeah, it is it is funny because again people are seeing you in a new light they're seeing you as you know whether you're going to just to do the shop like you're a mom now you park in the mothers and babies section and people ask you if you need help with your bags and you're like I don't know I'm well able to carry my bags and I know that's nice you know but now I don't know it's just it's funny people to see you a bit differently and I guess you see yourself a bit differently as well so I was gonna say it's very much maybe other people like 
putting an identity on you a little bit and asking you these things that maybe you wouldn't have been asked before but how did your like how did your identity for yourself change or did you feel like it changed very much or like were you just ready to get back doing all the things what was going through your head um to be honest going through my head was just, was he was number one he and he still is priority like um like even getting back to football it would always would have been had to like cabbage was I had to work with him and thankfully it did um so yeah making sure he was fed and watered as they say was was definitely the priority um identity I guess I used to think god I'm losing my identity but if you don't lose it you just have changes a bit um but definitely for me getting back to playing football helps me kind of give back get back a bit more of my old identity so you're kind of it's almost like you're pre-baby post-baby and they're two um I suppose cups and now you're pouring into a new cup and that's the new that's the new identity I guess um you know and I'm sure it's similar for dads as well it's probably not as much because as I say they can just go out the door with the keys uh but still they also have a different perspective and a different responsibility than that now as well so rather than trying to get back my old I think it's trying to figure out the new and and the balance between that kind of matrix and role as they kind of call it because again priorities have changed like I think as an athlete I would have always said you're a really selfish person <laughs> you know we you miss parties 21st whatever 30th weddings hens because you're training or you have a match and you're almost unapologetic about it and no I'm not drinking or I'm not doing this or I'll meet you this time because I need to get a gym you know everything is kind of revolved around it yeah. whereas now it has to work the other way like it has to work around the baby to a certain extent um or getting getting help in like last night at, we both have club training at the same time we both want to go so my mom drives drove 35 minutes to come and stay with the baby for a few hours wow. um so you just kind of have to you need that support around you as well so huh? stay near the parents and you having the babies lads <laughs> um I, I think that 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 is like obviously going to be so important because you, you can't like you need to be able to have childcare and things like that but then like how did you like how did you manage actually um getting yourself back up to a certain level of fitness after everything your body went through um it's one thing I suppose having the time to do it and like needing support like alongside um alongside having I suppose Donica there and things because if he has training too like you obviously need family around you but how did you get yourself back up to that level um well definitely I have to say I went to um, a women's health physio um in Killarney um I'll just share her name because I know there's not many out there and people might be listening in the area is Fiona Healy O'Connor um I think she might be living down your direction now I think she's married to someone to this maybe but she was excellent because you you want someone who has the women's health side of things and also someone who has the sports kind of hat on and um she kind of knew exactly what I was trying to get back to and was just really able to direct me was really really able to assess me in terms of like my c-section scar my abdominal and core muscle um the fact that it was breastfeeding because that makes a a change to your uh kind of your hormones still and um, pelvic floor as well just to do an assessment there and uh, luckily enough, I guess I was doing pretty grand and the fact that I was in a, um, a pretty fit state before I got pregnant meant that I had maintained a decent 
baseline level and that there was that loss of memory there. Um, so I went to her a few times and she was able to give me um, <laughs> core kind of uh, exercises, progression. It was all very exercise based, which is 100% what you want. And okay, this is too much. This is too little. This is because again, with that, um, with your abdominal muscles, mass separation with the diastasis recti, you need to push a certain level of tension across the abdominal muscles. But too much is not good, is too bad, and too little is bad. So, um, so yeah, she was absolutely brilliant. That was definitely my starting stone. Now, unfortunately, that is, you know, for people that is private. Um, I can afford to go. I would not, re- I would not, uh, how would I say, I don't, um, can't even use my words now. I'm delighted I went, is what I'm trying to say. But it's, it's just unfortunate that that's not available through the HSC here because, unfortunately, the kind of women's health city appointments that you get through the HSC are for when you damage, you know, extensive damage done. And if rather than those kind of minor issues that may not be picked up or just, you know, getting a check to get back to sport. Um, and again, Claire, to be honest, it was quite difficult because there's such little guidelines out there. Um, when you have a section or when you're postnatal, everyone gets the same advice whether you're 50 and on your 10th child or you're 21 and an Olympic athlete and on your first so you know in terms of return to exercise it's it's very generic um and I kind of knew like listen we can't all be the same here there has to be an allowance for what you were like before um but definitely getting that kind of um information from Fiona was brilliant and then I was lucky enough I had a bit of a gym at the back so I was able to you know, it's it's tough when you have to leave the house to go to the gym and bring the baby during the day because you're always at work and you don't want to be constantly calling on um, grannies. But having the gym at the back meant, okay, an hour session might take two hours because you're going to feed him and entertain him and make sure he's okay. But you still get it done. And then even at the end of the day, you have a sense of achievement that, you know, you've gotten it done. And I just gradually started building back up and um, getting back to club training and doing... This was an idea. I needed to get strength, volume. I needed to get plyos for sport. I needed to get some ball-specific stuff in. I didn't go don't go at the beginning. Probably went, got my load up too high, or right. Um, but my body told me that wasn't that wasn't right, and I listened to it. Um, so yeah, I guess just getting that direction. Also found a few podcasts and pages helpful that to follow. But again, most of them were saying there isn't enough information out there. But I remember there was a good podcast with Lizzie Lee, the marathon runner from Cork, talking about going, getting back after her, after her babies as well. So, um, yeah, just, just trying to find information, but you're really searching, like. Um, yeah, I think like it's really good, I suppose, like for people to hear that, like you know, you do need to like actually look into those things. Don't just take it as like a one size fits all kind of thing, because an awful lot of that information is so generic and like majority of people like, and I I guess like public health information, it's never going to be designed around getting people back to high level sports. So -hmm. for anyone who is like looking to get back to that kind of level, I think it's good to know that like, don't just take everything as gospel and like maybe go seek out that professional help. Like, um, like the likes of a woman's health health physio who maybe is looking at get you back to a certain level isn't just mm. thinking 
like you know if if certain like if you've had certain damage just to like help repair that but it's like how can we get the most out of this person now and get them performing at their highest level again and I suppose like you're coming from a physiotherapy background and a very um and from like having trained for years as well so you're going to have a certain amount of knowledge there but maybe for anyone who doesn't have that around training to go and get the help for it and like explain to the person exactly what you'd love to achieve like rather than assuming maybe a certain thing is impossible or that you couldn't get back there yeah definitely and to be honest whether you want to become a high performing athlete or not I would recommend that when you tell appointments after having a baby no matter what there because a lot of people like think like continence it's a silent um it's often a silent thing that women think they have to put up with and they don't um and even if you're not having any issues it's just good to almost consider it like an mct um or an, a mummy mot they call it a lot these days um you know you you know whether it could, it's probably between 50 75 euro for this consultation but it could save you a lot of heartache down the line um so i really would recommend this after having a baby whether you're going back to high performance sport or not and it's important because a lot of the time when you have a baby, a lot of the focus on your kind of postnatal checks are about the baby, which is 100% and you're so concerned about them. But I, it's funny, like when you're pregnant, it's all about you. Um, as my husband said, you go into the appointments, no one asks him how he is. <laughs> it's all about the, the pregnant mom. But as soon as you have the baby, the focus very much switches to the baby, which is brilliant. And you want, believe me, you just want the baby looked after. Well, you have to look after yourself a certain amount of well because if you're not looking after yourself, then you're not going to be able to look after the baby, isn't it? So, yeah. and I think that is a a great call for anyone like don't just wait until like you're having incontinence when you're running or something like that maybe go as a preventative measure to find out what you should be doing so that you can help prevent those things because I think like what you said from my own practice now I do see that like maybe a lot of moms kind of accept that as like part of giving birth but it it doesn't have to be and I think it's really important for people to Mm. know that yeah yeah and you know people in your own space and in physios as well and I, my husband's physio too I've said to him like you should be asked if you're doing an assessment on someone you should be asking if they have these issues now obviously if, if someone answers yes and you're not sure how to treat it is one thing but then you you signpost um but it is again you're talking about a lot more <laughs> um so given um where you've got over the last few months louise where would you say you're at right now um i suppose in terms of in terms of yourself in terms of your identity in terms of your um health and fitness right now um (laughs) well again as with everything's only punctuated by how my how's the baby and how are we getting on but um like I'm, I'm definitely not in terms of power and that sort of thing not where I'm at but I wonder like how much of where I am is um is uh, how much potential is there in me because there's obviously a natural age decline as well um so what is just natural decline and what is I haven't rediscovered my strength and power and that sort of thing so like I'm not at the moment I'm very my I would gym twice a week and I would do club training twice a week and we at the moment we play games weekends and if not I'd get a running session in. but um 
it's very non-focused and my gym is very injury preventative because I have a few kind of knee and Achilles and different issues. So I'm not, you know, it's kind of off season. So I, I haven't really fully set my goals yet for, for next year yet. But um, I definitely found this latter half of the year I'm performing better because I think you just do need that time. Like it was, I basically did a bit of a, um, a crash course and getting back there in the six weeks and, you know, it's probably enough to make my way onto the panel and um, having that bit of experience as well helps. But um, I wouldn't say I was, you know, anywhere near my peak performance and I'm not sure I'm kind of there yet. So I suppose it's just trying to build towards that. Um, again, nutrition is a big part of it as well. Like um, I'm, I don't really follow any apps or anything because I find, again, I probably even I was saying Rogue 7 with an awful lot of input and awful lot of controls and I just, kind of go off my own um experiences so far and now knowing okay i need to get this into this meal or you know what's my protein in this meal and i tend to not use supplements either anymore not in a while i tend to try and you know just have very much uh and use as close to but macro micronutrients are needed in most foods and making sure i'm making a balanced meal um yeah, and this was again when I'm feeding, it's trying to make sure it's good for him as well. And we're in the weaning stage, which is very challenging. Trying, and you're you're then starting to think, well, what way do I want him to eat, and what do I want him to get used to? Um, and he's really discovered his voice. <laughs> um. So with uh with everything that you um that you are saying there Louise about getting back and things I haven't heard you once mention lack of sleep as a barrier for you um and it just cropped in my mind how did you manage that alongside trying to perform and trying to recover from getting back training oh yeah um to be honest the first while wasn't too bad um apparently they got a sleep regression then and we hit that um, and the last two months have been a bit more challenging. Um, like again, you and I'm not a napper during the day. You know, they sleep, they sleep. I'm like, no, I need to train a little bit on a washer, do whatever. Um, I again, I'm like not for. Even if it's broken up, like the last night, it was, it was kind of awake to the, when he went to sleep earlier in the night and then was awake to about half 12, woke to feed again at half three. And again, when you're, when you're feeding yourself, you're, you're not elbowing anyone else to get up at all on yourself. Um, but he went back down fairly easily and didn't wake again until eight. And I don't get up till he wakes up in the morning. Um, so that will kind of be, I suppose, a typical enough night. You're kind of getting blocks of hours. Um, yeah, you just your body adjusts pretty quickly. I, I think that's probably it. And if you're, I think mentally, if you're obsessing over and counting at the end of the night how many hours in the morning, how many hours sleep you got, then that's when it's adding stress to your day, kind of a thing. Whereas I'm like, okay, if um if I had a big match coming up and I had a bad, really bad sleep, I would try and maybe even go back to bed after breakfast the weekend, and my husband would take me. But that's been rare enough. Otherwise, it's just. Like, I often think you can make yourself more upset about it if you're thinking about it and ringing mom and saying, oh, Jesus, he was very bad last night. Kind of like, well, I can't do anything about that night now. It's 
okay, what can we control? Can we change the environment? Can we go to bed? Can we make sleep better? And if we can't kind of put up with this and if I need to go for an after in the day when someone gets home, I'll try and do that then. Um, but I, I like to try and let go of what, what you can't control. And it isn't forever. And in fairness, he was pretty good the first few months when I was back with Kerry. Just said a few bumps in the road recently, but they were turning it around. <laughs> I absolutely love that. So there's going to be a lot of uncontrollables, I guess, as a mom. And it's just maybe like turning your attention away from those as much as possible and putting it into the things that you actually have control over. Because I just remember like back playing over the years, if I had a very bad night's sleep before a game, like you could let yourself think that that's going to mean shit performance on the day. But if you could actually reframe that a bit for yourself and even say something like, well, sleep every other night has been grand. So chances are like, it might not impact me. And like, even just your mentality around something like that can make a big difference. And I think you have to get very good at managing uncontrollables. Like when you're looking after someone else now who you can't really control all the time. Yeah, and I would have been the same player. I was a brilliant sleeper, always was. And if I had a bad sleep for the game, I'd be thinking about it in the warm-up, whereas now it's like, ah, sure. <laughs> it's grand. Like, even the county final two weeks ago, I um, my husband was training for us at his club, so I was going to meet him before the game, but just before warm-up. So I was bringing the baby, and I had to kind of park a bit further away or landing in with the baby strapped onto the sling, the gear bag, the his change bag and when I got in I realized I got the because I met some of my teammates and we were just chatting walking around and it was a bit awkward because it was Fitzgerald Stadium and we were going in the Lewis Road entrance but we parked at the O'Sullivan stand but you couldn't get in that way so there's a bit of a walk around and as I handed it over to my husband I was like look I'm actually leaving a minute in the car I'm really sorry but I just fed him and I gave him the keys just in case and he just said could this go to extra time and I was like I don't know it was extra time, freeze. <laughs> uh, and I, I actually said, because the two midfielders were Southern Gales, um, or two girls that we know that we played with, and I was like, lads, this baby could be starving above the stand. I hope he's gone for the milk as we're in. <laughs> mid, as, and, you know, but you just have to laugh it off because I can't control it. Like, I know Danica is not an idiot. If he had to go and get the milk, he'd go get the milk. And he did. He actually went at halftime in normal time because he thought things were a bit tight. And we were all fine, but it was in my head. But I was like, well, I can't change it now. I'm not going to run off the field and ask him, does he go get the milk? It is in the car. At least he didn't leave it at home. And we'll meet him afterwards and we'll, we'll sort it out then. So you do have to learn to kind of be prepared, but then let go of what you can't control, especially if you want to focus on playing a game, you know, and, you know, it didn't enter my head once the ball was thrown in again. I think that is such a good point. And I know that a lot of moms who I have worked with as well over the last while, um, they say that if there's one thing a child will do, like it'll it'll take the perfectionist out of you, whether that's oh, like yeah. around your house or in your habits and routines. And I suppose like over the years, you're probably so used of prepping for a game in a certain way and everything being very dialed in that, okay, now that's probably, it. that's changed quite a bit and a little bit out the window. Oh, yeah, because I even remember that game was at four and we had been playing all our round-robin games at 12. One of our managers put in the group was like, God, this day is so long. But because my husband had gone training so early and there was no point in him driving back and driving over, he said, and I, <laughs> I had to still, I had to like get up, walk the dog. We're trying to wean him, so trying to get food, food into him, which is just a joke. He's just spitting it out. 
feed him a few times myself, get milk, basically pack a bag for him, have him as prepped, and then have yourself as prepped. I was like, and then drive to Clarny. Like I needed every minute this morning and almost kind of be relaxed as well and not be stressing and trying to fuel up. Because I again, I went to my head, I was like, I need to be driving now an hour to the game. I need to be ready. You know, your big meal three hours out from the warm up the game. I should then have went on for another, I don't know how long. So, um, yeah, you do kind of learn to make sure you've the, the essentials packed. But, um, yeah, you, you have a lot more to maybe think about as well. Yeah, yeah. and then when you're older you have so much band prep and you don't just run out into the field either <laughs> god almighty um well louise i suppose i want to say a massive thank you and thank Flo- thanks to florian as well for both being so generous with your time today i have one final question that i would like to ask you before florian is smiling at me here making me laugh um before i let you go today but i suppose what i would love to ask is just like what advice, what's the biggest, we'll say one to three pieces of advice that you would give to someone who has gone through everything that you've gone through, who's gone through that identity shift that you've gone through over the last, we'll say year and a half. What would you tell someone who was, we'll say in your shoes back when that started that journey? Um, I suppose like look at what you want to do yourself because you don't have to go with whatever the public perception of what you know that you retire or that you you know you're a mom now and you stay home and you look after your family like if, if it makes you happy to get back playing sports and the thing is you mightn't want to get back you might be quite happy leaving it at that you know it's up to each individual um but if you do want to get back that it is possible and um, you do need a lot of support um but you know you've just had a baby and hopefully that's there from your your family and your partner and um and your teammates as well. Like I was really lucky, like in both Kerry and my club, when I go to share, people are nearly clambering to hold them. <laughs> and that's really important because if you feel you're bringing in someone to the change room and it's a bit of a an annoyance or, um, you know, it's distracting, you're less, you know, you, you're part of a team. You want to be a super team, but he, it's been great. Like it's always been a positive. Everyone's always been super helpful. Um, and again, he's been in losing dressing rooms, unfortunately, with finals a lot and it's been a bit of a a distraction in a positive way maybe having them there um but yeah get that support in and you know don't be afraid to to push the boundaries a little bit because it's only through kind of breaking sometimes those glass ceiling perceptions that you realize well actually this is fine i can do it but only if you want to do it as well and the other thing is go get your professional assessment from a woman you know a women's health physio not just your regular musculoskeletal physio but you want someone who's specialized in the area because they're going to be the ones that tells you you know do your assessment how far off you are because you don't want to do damage either you want to do this the right way as much as is possible um and then you know as you say you can't leave go what you can't control and everything after that is a bonus <laughs> i absolutely love that get used to the chaos a little bit um but get, get comfortable in the uncomfortable <laughs> um thank you so much for all of those insights because I feel like if you were to listen to this back um a year and a half ago it would have really helped you and I have no doubt (laughs) at all that it's going to really help so many people and I've taken so much from it so I want to say a massive thank you for being so generous with your time and for your incredible insights and I'm very excited to watch what's in store for Louise Galvin next